What's really good, my people? Welcome into No Catch Up Chicago for Chicago by Chicago. I am your host, Sean Little. We've been talking about doing a culture-themed episode, a pod. It's always Chicago sports first, but we have our ear tuned to the streets as well. We like uh, to look good in the clothes, in the fashion game, in the music, whatever else is popping in the city. We're going to call this segment, this weekly episode, it's going to be called Field Level. We're going to shoot it once a week, live in the city, talk about what's going on in the city, all the hype beats, whatever's happening in the city, we're going to be all over it. New music, new food, new restaurants, new buildings, parties, concerts, shows, anything that's hot in the city, we're going to talk about it. I got two other cats that have their ear to the street in the studio with me right now. I got Moose, co-founder of Native Tongue, and I got my... Yeah, shout out Moose. It was good. <laughs> I got T in here, runs the vault at Vintage Hoop Vault. The man has all the gear. Champion starter, all that good shit. That's actually how I met Sean. I met Sean because of the vault, actually. My sister, uh, I was trying to get my followers up, and my sister had posted some shit, like, go follow at Vintage Hoop Vault. And uh, she went to school with Sean, so Sean saw it. Copped a pretty dope hat and uh, tough hat. Since then, I've that's been fucking of, with him. Yeah, that's one of my favorite hats. I, I rocked that with the first time I met Moose. I rocked. It was a it's oh. a '96 '96 ch- uh, championship bull snapback. Oh, I, I already knew what was going on. Yeah, both y'all walked in together. <laughs> right, tough, tough, tough. So we're gonna uh, we got a couple things on the docket right now. It just hit December in the shy 2017, about to be 2018. Right now, a lot of stuff going on in the city. Right now, we have um. Last night, first off, we're going to hit this first. Migos was in town with Lil Yachty at the Riviera Theater. Closing out the uh, 30 days in Chicago, the Red Bull Series. We're going to touch that. Moose was there last night. I'm actually Mm -hmm. really excited to hear how that, what what was going down in there. Then we're going to touch over uh, the RSVP, what's going on over there. The AF-100, 35th anniversary of the Air Force One release. A lot of buzz around that. I want to get your guys' thoughts on that. I think that's mad interesting. Um, anybody who's anybody that's young and, and, and hip and into the, the Chicago scene has been going to that custom Air Force Ones, doing their own thing with that. And then we're going to talk about DePaul. It's a new era. They have a new stadium. It's in the city. They're playing home games in Lincoln Park. We're going to talk about how that touches the community, changes the culture of DePaul hoops. And, uh, yeah, we're going to get into it, man. We're going to kick it. Everybody's sipping in here. I'm sipping on a little vino. So is T. Moose is on uh, the jackety. Miles and Jack. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, uh, we're in here kicking it. All right, Moose, let's kick it off, bro. Because when the Red Bull 30 Days in Chicago schedule released, I'm like, there's a couple must-see shows on here. Mm-hmm. Young Thug kicked it off at the Metro. I was at that show. That was number one. Yep. And to close it, was Migos, Lil Yachty. That was another must-see if you're into that type of music, I guess. I'm a big Migos guy. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna I got a little bit about Lil Yachty I wanna talk about. I'm not a I huge too, fan. <laughs> so we'll talk about that. But those were the they opened real heavy with Young Thug yep. and then closed it strong as fuck with Migos. Mm-hmm. How was the show? Riviera Theater's a classic in the city. How was the show? How was catching it at Riviera Theater? How was Lil Yachty opening? Talk to me, man. How was the whole feel of everything? I'm going to start off with Yachty, man. Yachty is someone who I listen to his singles. I'm like, this this is, you know, this is just like the new age. This is a new generation. But the kick and perform, 
Like one of the best, one of the craziest part about, parts about last night. The dude had a three minute interlude. He played the uh, Price is Right theme song. He was just passing out water bottles to everybody. <laughs> and then he said, when this song hits, everybody toss that shit up. It was like a fucking water park, dude. <laughs> it was like, when that beat hit, everybody just started throwing up their water bottles. But the kid knows, kid knows what he's doing. He knows his demographic. He knows who he's performing to. Um, I think that's big. You got to know that. I think, like, you know, seeing him, I, I obviously have my reservations about him, like, listening to his music. Like, everybody heard, everybody's heard Minnesota one night. They're all catchy, right? But seeing that in person and seeing what he does to the youth, that that's what made me a believer. I I I'm a I'm a converted Yachty fan. Um, wow. <laughs> he's Lil Walked Boat. in not a Yachty fan, walked out a Yachty fan. Low boat. <laughs> wow. I'm impressed. Yeah. Because before before actually I want let me let me get your thoughts on the whole show as a whole before I start kind of giving giving my thoughts on it. The the energy was there. Mm-hmm. The crowd was younger. Crowd was younger, man. Like, like how young though? Man, honestly, probably born after nine. Like, born after nineteen ninety eight was god damn at least fifty percent. Like, so I'm a big dude. I'm six four. I'm two. I'm two twenty. <laughs> I can stand my own in a mosh pit, but these kids, <laughs> these kids got energy. These kids, like, they have an extra muscle or something, and they're reckless. So, like, yeah, I'm, standing, care, right. I'm standing in the mosh pit. I'm getting elbowed every which way. I'm like, okay, I could do this a year ago. I'm good off this. <laughs> I, I know my limits. Like, yeah, enough of this. I just want to listen to some music and kick back. Exactly, and exactly. And I like, don't need to be pushed right now. Yeah, and like the thing about that was uh, DJ Oreo was like DJing in between sets, and this dude plays nothing but bangers, right? So yeah, absolutely, Chicago shit too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I've been when I went to Thug, he was DJing there too, and I ran out of energy before Thug. So at this time, I knew it was like, okay, this is a marathon. Don't jump around to Finito. Don't jump around <laughs> I don't like. Just just keep it cool. <laughs> we got Migos to see. And, you know, I survived. So it was a great show, man. That's what's up, man. I've never seen a show at the Riviera. Oh. I don't know about you, T. I've but been I'll, there a few times. I saw Kendrick uh, we was with there this together. guy. Yeah. I like it, man. It's old school. Uh, like a lot of those north side venues in Chicago are. Um, it's smaller. You get an intimate setting. I think that's so much better than going to the United Center. Or, I mean, off the bat, me, Moose... Sean, you were there too. We were at uh, Future and Migos at, uh, at Aragon. Yeah, at, no, at uh, oh Tinley Park. Tinley Park. Oh yeah, I went to that one too. I went Sean to Aragon. Sean showed up late as Park. shit. There was late. traffic. He, he basically OD missed all the Future. But wait, wait, honestly, wait. I was going to ask you how the Migos were over there because Future shut it down. But the Migos performance there was kind of weak, in my opinion. But listen, man, when you go to a Migos show, you can't expect like Kanye esque, Michael Michael Jackson esque quality. You know. These are three guys. They all got to share stage presence. They're all ad-libbing between every song. <laughs> uh, the DJ's cutting out the music at, like, every 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 word. Um, for what it's worth, they make hype music. I got hype to it. Performance-wise, you know. Uh, they stand around, bro. They got a ton of jewelry on. They can't be doing oh, no man. jumping around and stuff like that. I was watching, so I was watching Takeoff the whole time. Because Takeoff is, like, the redheaded stepchild, right? It looked like he was either like way too perked out or he was just scared of the crowd. It looked like he had some stage fright. Because he kind of doesn't have much to say because he doesn't say shit in any of the tracks. Exactly. So he kind of just walks around and like looks around and just like, because yeah, I've, I've noticed that too. It's mm-hmm. like he just kind of walks around and looking around like, yeah. I'm just here for the ride, bro. Like I don't have no bars <laughs> for you. I don't have nothing. Like that's it. 
I don't have no famous girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Like, none of that. <laughs> Who's going to take care of Takeoff? <laughs> That's what I wanted. Because Quavo's got that... Uh, Quavo's got that album with Travis coming up. Offset has that album with 21. I think a couple times Quavo's been like, yo, we're a group, bro. Like, that's it. Stop mm-hmm. asking me that shit. Like, it seems like Honcho is like... Honcho's Honcho. He's the big dog in the group. and mm-hmm. like, But that's his mans, and he's not... They, that's like his boy. They're, yeah. I mean, they're, they're cousins, right? They're, they're family, I'm pretty sure. One of them are... Like, two of them are related to each other. I, don't, I think one's a friend, but... Uh, okay, yeah. I can't remember what, which, which is what, but I'm pretty sure they're all family or, or something. Very, they're very close either mm-hmm. way. Um, so... Yeah, I don't see him going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I think Quavo's touched on that multiple, multiple times. But um, okay, listen, this is this is my beef with, with Lil Yachty. First off, the the Pickaboo Pickaboo, I rock with that. <laughs> that track is hard. <laughs> the Pickaboo Pickaboo Pickaboo. Man. I play with the pussy like Pickaboo. Yeah. Like yeah, I rock with that. Like, that way. <laughs> that yeah, that track is hard, right? Yeah. I, I think that's dope. But the rest of his stuff. Is very nursery, like to the max. Mm-hmm. So I can't really vibe with it. But I will say this: anything that's moving the youth, like he's moving the youth, you better pay attention, bro. Mm-hmm. Because if he's got these kids showing up, 18, 17, 18 years old, showing up to shows, and they're buying all this shit, and he's on Target commercials, like <laughs> I don't rock with you, but like. I'm respecting what's going on, and I, I see what's happening. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So don't get it twisted. Like, I respect what he's doing. I just think his music is sus and whack. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's No, like, honestly, I I sell 90s sportswear, 90s streetwear. I'm into 90s rap, but that's the one thing. Like, my favorite rapper right now was born in 95, Joey Badass. A lot of these young – and he's a lyricist or whatever, but a lot of these young guys, I respected, especially, like, the Atlanta guys after I saw that series um, – with 21 Savage and Migos was on it. What was that called, Moose? Uh, the Noisy Atlanta. No, yeah, that that made me respect them a lot more. You know, the I guess the grind and how they got there. They were shooting you, that shit in the closet, bro. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> oh, and, like, they kind of revolutionized the whole thing. Like, that whole ad-lib movement and mama and, like, yeah. all that was, like, no one was, yeah, no one was doing that until they started doing it. And they were doing it in the basement. And, like, they talk about, like, they were just – Flip a whole like a, the subject of a song would just come out of nothing, mm-hmm. and they they do they made everything hot like that Hannah Montana like no one could have done that mm-hmm. except exactly. those guys like that's it so for sure this is this is my one thing about Lil Yachty I respect him the way I respect Aaron Rodgers I don't like what he does but I respect it he's <laughs> he's good at what he does he leads the youth you gotta respect it I respect it and like last night after seeing the way he you know he can move a crowd like. Shout out to that guy. He's from Shout the Burbs, dude. Two and a half car garage. I didn't. I didn't expect that, man. I saw noisy. And I was like, he's from the Burbs. Still yeah. the, I mean, if, the parents. If you hear him talk, it's yeah. very like put together. Like very. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he's like the the bubblegum guy. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean. Like that's that's like just what it is. Rap. And what's your beef with him? I don't have any beef with him. I just think his music is trash. I agree. Like, you know how there's guys that- I don't get hype with him, man. Yeah, you know how there's guys that'll come up and you're like, yo, I'm like, when I see Migos, featuring Migos, I'm playing that track. Like, whoever it is. Mm -hmm. Ty, whoever. I'm putting that on. When I see Yachty, I'm avoiding it on purpose. (laughs) Like, Kanye can drop Kanye and Yachty. I'm not listening to it, bro. I don't want to hear- Hey, but Peekaboo comes on. Peekaboo, I'm banging Peekaboo, though. Peekaboo, Peekaboo, Peekaboo. That shit crazy. I rock with that, but- yeah, man, I don't have any beef with him. Like I said, I respect him. I just think his music is, is whack. 
That's all. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's a big beef because he's a musician. But that's that's not for us, man. Yeah, I mean, like he's he's got the youth, and that's that's what's going for him. I think we're all kind of old heads, but no, you know we accept other. But you other got a little, you got the way he had to move in the crowd. You got some love for him a little. I bit. got some love. Yeah, because I, I mean, sure. you get first off. There's something about live shows. There's oh, a yeah. lot of people that I don't really like that much that I've seen live, and I'm like, man, I got a little mm. more love for this cat. Like, this is cool. And there's people you like, like crazy lyricists who can't really put on a show. That's a problem. Like, Nas, my favorite rapper, he's awful live. You know, I- I'll go to the really? shows, but wait, talk about like? that for a second. He can't, man. I I love Nas. Everyone knows I'm a big Nas head, but like, when you're just spin that shit without you know the lights or any of that stuff, it's really hard to get the crowd going. So it's mm. sometimes you're just sitting there listening to him, you know, rap his songs, which is cool, but. Like, I went to Future. That was the first type of that concert I ever went to with these guys. And it, it's hype, man. Even if you don't know that many of the songs, like, it's a good time. The atmosphere is great, man. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, it's it's a it's a different wave of music, bro. And it's it's very hype. Like, that mosh pit shit wasn't around five, six years ago. You know, no one all, was doing that. With all due respect, you can't mosh pit the Nas, you know? Right. Yeah, <laughs> you, exactly. mosh pit, you can mosh pit the major look, maybe. Yeah. But. <laughs> but, like, I mean... That was like even like hype hype songs like what I what like I I don't know off the top of my head like an example of a real hype song but like a mosh pit was never happening bro period like yeah. that was never even a thought like people would jump up and down and like do whatever mm-hmm. throw up gang signs all the whole shit Stacking. it was never ever thought that people would be banging into each other in the middle of the show it just wouldn't happen but it's and, a little like I feel like in rap it's the mosh pit is a little more respectable like in rock. I don't get that shit. They run around in circles and like just knock oh, each other whole, down. That's a whole subculture, man. I and think it's rap music. It's it's sometimes it's literally just people getting hyped like it's a Chief Keef video. Yeah, shots to Keef. <laughs> I cannot let this segment go without mentioning this. Chief Keef, the one thing you have to respect about him is in every single music video he's ever dropped, no bitches. In any music video, it's man, just him and his guy. He puts so all deep. his guys in his music videos and they just jump around. Bro, hey, when he dropped, it was a movement, bro. What'd you guys feel when you saw the the, the video for I Don't Like? Not the remix. When he was in his grandma's apartment. The original video. He had the orange hoodie on. Yeah, just yeah. vibing out with 20 dudes in the back. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was raw. I thought it was... It was what was going on. That was kind of... I mean, I don't know. Don't pimp... Don't quote me on this. This was That was like during like when the recession kind of hit. Like, it was either right after that shit came out and people weren't working, and it was just raw. Yeah. It was just, this is what it is. Like and he was 16. He was 16 yeah. years old. Yeah, and this is not a game. Like, this no. is what it is on the south side of Chicago, bro. Yeah. This is how we're living out here. We don't, we, we shirts, no shirts, dreadlocks. I got my, I got house arrest bracelet on. Yeah. And we're shooting videos, and this is like, that's why that shit blew up, in my opinion. And that's I, the thing. Like, I, I know people who don't like his music. I'm not necessarily a big Chief Key fan, but uh, that's all, that's what he knows. That's all he knows. So right. that's what he's gonna talk about, and that's what his music is. Uh, and it pretty much started a movement. You know, led to these other young guys. And I don't know what it is with Chicago, but it's like if you're 20 and under, you're good. Everyone who comes out of Chicago is like 18, 19. After after Chief, we had Lil Herb, who I think was a good addition. You know, he had that kind of vibe too, but he has bars and he's. Hopping on any track and he's keeping up with anybody and he's what I don't know twenty one years old something like that something like that yeah he's young too mm-hmm. but yeah that's why that that was a I don't special time is weird to say because it was such a struggle movement but 
It was special because of how raw and unique and original that shit was. He was the voice like, of the streets, man. No, no doubt. Nobody had that perspective like that from Southside Chicago. Like, back then we had, we had Kanye, we had Common rapping about, you know. Yeah. Like, no more doubt. wholesome things. I mean, that, that <laughs> I was an know. awesome era, bro. We talked, like, 05 when everyone was on, when Kanye was just getting going, Lupe was going, Common was still hot. Yeah. It was it was crazy, and it... But it led to this. These like, are real lyrical cats, though. Yeah. These are real poetic, talented lyrical cats. And not to say that Chief Keef isn't talented. It was like this is raw. This is gritty. This feels unfiltered. This feels like this is the truth. And that's the side of Chicago that everybody, everybody in the country saw in 2014, right? I think it was a little earlier than that. Nah, maybe man, 2012, 2011. Yeah, 2012, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like if you listen to music now, like I, I think you could argue that trap is the influence. But I hear drill a lot. I, like when Bobby Schmurter started doing uh, "Hot Boy," yeah, yeah, that was a New York drill song, in my opinion. Yeah, it was very yeah. I don't. That, that. I always told my guys who were actually like you know, I'm, like I said, I'm not a big Keith fan, but all my guys who were big Chief Keith fans, like the one thing I respect is that he was 17 years old and people around the world knew who he was. He started a movement, and a lot of people say like, oh, that started in Atlanta or you know, Ti or Jeezy, but. He pretty much started a rap movement at 16, 17 years old that went global. And I thought a lot of these old guys weren't going to mess with it. But then we had Kanye come out, do a song with Chief Keef. We had... That was huge, by the way. People <laughs> underestimate that how big that was when, he, when, when Kanye <laughs> co-signed that. He was, it, was, it gave him, le, like, le, le, like le, it was legit. It mm-hmm. was like, yo, if Kanye's co-signing this, it must be a legitimate movement. It must this it must have something behind it, no doubt. All of Jesus was basically drill inspired, for the most part. Like it was like 808s and Heartbreak meets. I love Bobby that Rich. album. A lot of people hated that album. I was I I was still in college when that came out. I banged that shit like crazy. That, right. that blood on the leaves. Ooh, whoo, boy. <laughs> That shit used to get me ready to go out. I used to bang that all the time, and it would get you like mm-hmm. upset almost. Like you would, man, man. That album was heavy. Kanye took a prominent civil rights song, "Strange Fruit," turned it into basically a club banger. No one else can do that. That yeah. I was like, when I first heard that, I was like, wow, this is so fire, dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was crazy. But the the whole thing about the music thing right now in Chicago, wrapping up, was that Red Bull 30 Days in Chicago. Yeah. That series was dope. Forgot For you for, for everybody that's listening that doesn't know, 30 days in a row in November, uh, Red Bull Sound Select put on a show in Chicago, all types of different music, all types of different genres, big names, little names, you, you whatever. Put on 30 shows, 30 shows in a row, November 1st through November 30th, all over the city. Riviera was last night, Migos. Concord. Concord. Aragon. Aragon. Metro. Damn near everything but the United Center. House of Blues. <laughs> yeah, like anywhere that was. And it was all an intimate setting, and that's mm-hmm. definitely on purpose, right? So that's kind of what we wanted to touch on, how that affects Moose for you. When you see something like that, because I know, what, how many shows did you go to in the thirty? Man, I think I went to uh, I, went, I went to six, six. I went to Young Thug. I went to this country folk band called Whitney. That was eye opening experience. I went to um, Quaku Collins. Shout out to Evanston. 
Yeah. Local, local born, local born. I'm from. Hey, shout out Evanston. Shout out E Town. Big ups Evanston. We always went there. Shout out GGOs, Buffalo Joes. Let's get <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Buff Joes was yeah. good. Um, I went to um, Daniel Caesar. This is a cat that I've heard so much hype about. I didn't see him. I I didn't really like mess with him until I saw him live. And the hype is real. The hype is very real, man. That dude makes baby making music. Did you see Khaled? I heard Khaled would be crazy. No, I didn't see Khaled, but I think Khaled's a little corny. <laughs> no. Rank it. What's your top three? Top three. Right? Top three? I mean, Migos and Thug got to be gotta be up there. Those are the anchors, right? Yeah. I say Daniel Caesar third, man. Daniel Caesar's got – he's like I, one of those cats where he sounds the same live as he does on record. That's big. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Understated. People, people talk about that, but – like I saw, first of all, I was at that Young Thug show. Mm-hmm. Great, he just has a presence about him. It's funny, man. There's certain people that can talk about bitches and guns and money and hoes, and they're like, you fuck with it heavy. And there's other cats that say this. They say the exact same thing, and you're like, yo, this dude's wild trash. And Young Thug has that way of just like he could say anything, and I'm like, yeah. I was, I'm vibing to that <laughs> shit. Like I got a funny story about Young Thug actually, real quick. We were in Miami. We were at Live. Uh, it was my guy's birthday. We were in Miami for the weekend, and we had a table, and Young Thug comes in. He's performing. Like, Live does a performer every, like, every big night. There's, like, yeah. someone that stops by, does a couple tracks, like, on this main stage in the front, and Young Thug was doing it that night. He walks in with, it must have been 40 people, <laughs> like, a lot of people. And on the upstairs level of live, there's like a balcony. It's almost like a TV camera stage where like they would record like the performance that's going on in like the front. He has the table that's in that like well. He literally ordered 40, like 40 bottles of champagne. They all show up. He goes, he, the, the, the champagne shows up. He grabs a bottle of champagne walks out onto like the camera well like level yeah stands there no joke 35 minutes 40 minutes doesn't say a word to any of his homies doesn't pull his phone out he has a bottle of champagne he just stands there <laughs> for 35 minutes didn't talk to anybody packed his shit up and got his boy he like walked down to his camera roll gave like the <laughs> let's go sign left and that was it it's like that's the mystery of Young Thug, He's man. such a – he's dude, he's so mysterious, bro. That's exactly bro, right. You see him today? He had a he had an Instagram story. He was taking what looked like an IV of lean. I don't know that's possible. I might, it might just be a normal IV. Right. But you cannot underestimate the technology that Young Thug has access to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, um, but to get back to the show, it's dope. He had a great presence, man. All that stuff was dope. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, talk to me about what you think a series like that, Red Bull 30 Days in Chicago, does for the music scene in the city, mm-hmm. what type of buzz it builds up, how it gets the people out during the week, and just different creative yeah. juices flowing. I think that's a, a this, it, it was a big deal, I think. It was, man. When you have a, a series like 30 Days, it's like Law of Palooza broken down into really manageable segments, and I'm not trying to go out four days in a row, see everybody I can, as, as, see everybody as quick as I can, 
and you know just like be exhausted this was a very manageable time for me where i could just pick who i wanted to the tickets are, were mad cheap they're like 15 bucks 23 with fees went to over six shows right and it was it was people i wanted to see it's people that i was invested in and like it was just a really unique experience that i feel like every city should have at one point yeah. I, I think they got to come back to chicago again but for them to choose a place like chicago that just means this place is rich with culture this place is rich with musical talent we got cats like sava chance the mayor uh smino who's actually from st louis but he rep chicago like that's just hip-hop you know like i know people who are messing with the indie scene that are amazing and they're just there's just so much talent coming out of chicago like back then it used to be you had to go to the coast you had to go to new york you had to go to la red bull being here represents that you don't gotta go anywhere you can just stay right in the middle you make your ground here and that's it yeah. you can you can make a living here yeah, I don't know how we got through 30 minutes of a Chicago culture segment without mentioning Chance the Rapper, by the way. He came in the segment Shout 30 minutes in, man. Chance is, <laughs> I guess he's on another level. Like, he's he's so high up there right now, we didn't even get to him. Yeah. Yo, and it's funny, speaking of Chance, and we were talking about this uh, earlier before we came on live, Complex does this series, it's called The Blueprint, and they interview people, and basically the people they're interviewing give the blueprint of, like, how they got to where they are now. Ronnie Feig was on there talking about Kith. And Pat, the manager, has one. Oh, that's it's a... Like, it's like 50 minutes long. Yeah. And he goes into depth about how him and Chance and all those dudes... Basically how him and Chance happened and how they stayed indie. Yeah. And, like, it was very, very good. Shout out, Pat, the manager. Shout, Shout out, Pat. Chance. Go, uh, go watch that. I know we were talking. I'm, I'll send it through, through the thread so you guys can check that out. Very interesting, man. It just talks about going through the grind, and he talks about like how him and Chance weren't doing shit, and oh man, takes it all the way through. So yeah, mm-hmm. no one's gone from local to global faster than Chance, in my opinion. I mean, I graduated DePaul what 2014. I saw Chance my senior year at the Pop Bellies across the street from DePaul. No way. I was gonna say what's up, try to get a pic. He was with his girl. I didn't do it, but. Can you imagine Chance walking into a Pop Bellies right now in Chicago? Like, and we're talking three, four years ago, man. That's it's right. crazy how quick he went from yeah. local to global, and I've never seen something like it. Man, my favorite thing about Chance, he represents the city so well for the for the entire world. But if you're in Chicago, you're two degrees away from Chance. Like, you yeah, know he's somebody around. who knows somebody. And he's around, too, though. Or you just he pulls up, bro. Yeah, he's pulled up right. on these guys before. Man, like, I was just, smoking a square at Bar DeVille, and this Escalade pulls up. I did a double take. I'm like, is that a dude in a, in a pink three hat? Like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's just chance. So, like, I was like, oh, shit. Okay, he's coming. Offered him a square. Chill with us. Very down-to-earth guy. Like, nobody represents the city as well as Chance right now. Absolutely. I mean, shout out my boy Prop Cause, actually. He just dropped his uh, EP today. Go check it out. It's called Distractions. Super hard. Very, very vibey. But a similar story to UT, he, the first year North Coast was, was, was on in the city, Chance the Rapper opened for Prop Cause. That's crazy, man. You like told me this story. Like, yeah. that's crazy. That's four years ago, five years ago. Like, there was, and he, he performed in the rain. There was probably 15 people there, 20 people there. Like, that, and that's five years ago. 
So yeah, bro. And and then fast forward to this year, Lollapalooza. There's probably 150,000 people on the lawn at the stage watching watching him go. So yeah, man. I mean, it's big time, no doubt. He couldn't like he couldn't do a thirty uh, a thirty days in Chicago. No, man. He's he's UC he couldn't right do it. Now. They he's would have to sh- they, they'd have to shut it. Down. Like they he couldn't do anything yeah. like that. They 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 wouldn't let him. So, like like the coloring the 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 coloring concert at Comiskey was hard. Oh yeah. So, yeah. That that was like a mini Lollapalooza basically. Like so many people want to see him. He had to stack more artists on just to have his own day. No doubt. No doubt. Um. Another thing that's popping right now in the city is that RSVP, just the AF100, I don't even know what it is. It's like an event. It's the 35th anniversary of Air Force One. You can go over to RSVP. They got um, Don's there, just Don's up there. Travis Scott, they're releasing shoes every day. It's a Thursday through Sunday event. Just a, like a, a just a culture sneaker fashion type of vibe event going on. You can go in there, design your own Air Force Ones. They got Fat Tiger Shop and Joe Fresh Goods are up there. The whole nine, all the Chicago fashion guys and people that have shops, Boneyard and all those guys are up there doing their thing. And um, it's at RSVP. How do you feel about Just Don... That whole just scene of them kind of, I guess, giving back or, or or how do you feel about like events like that in the city? I also think it's huge. T, go I ahead. Just, I just think he's crazy, man. Everything he does is fire. Like even the low-key stuff. He had that Mitchell and Ness collab with the shorts and like. The snakeskin joints? Everything, bro. He had the custom, you know, with the writing on the front. He did yeah. the zipper pockets on there. And that's that's the small stuff, man. He had those, you know, the just on twos, and everything he does is crazy. And that's one of those guys too. Like, you know, sometimes I I knock Kanye for not putting his guys on, but Don C is where he's at because of Kanye West, and you know I respect that. But he took that and he took it just to a whole nother level. And everything he does is fire, and people rock with him, man. It's it's crazy what he does. I went zero for nine trying to get those off whites. I know Sean missed two on those, yeah, dude. Like you said, bro. <laughs> Just Don, Virgil Abloh, big time Chicago guys that are doing this thing. We could, I'll definitely touch on on Virgil and Off White. I think I'm very impressed. I think that's the main thing about it. Like I think no knock on Just Don or like or like Fat Tiger Works or like any of that, but like that's pure streetwear. Like this dude Virgil Abloh, like on this Off White shit. Is next level, bro. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I just mixed that up. That's who I was actually talking about with the off-white oh, Virgil? joint. But yeah. Virgil, what he's doing, man, it's – I didn't know this. I was telling Sean before the podcast, uh, he was the art director for Watch a Throne. And, like, yeah. that makes sense. Like, I, I feel that vibe now when I when I think about that album. And uh, it was just crazy. It's, it's crazy to see how, how big he's getting. Like, Bro, uh, he's extremely talented. I mean, this just goes with my point of uh, you don't got to move to the coast anymore. No, man. You get you have these fashion designers in New York, fashion designers in L.A. We have arguably the hottest star in fashion right now, Virgil Abloh. From Chicago. From yeah. Chicago. This dude just still, he still stays chilling around This here. is another Kanye guy, though. He, he is. I mean, right. and, I, you know, it's, he's part of, like, the the degrees of Kanye that <laughs> for sure that just, you know, gets put up. But, um 
no, man, Virgil still hangs around in Chicago. Like, he's just chilling in Lincoln Park with his wife, takes a flight to London the next day, comes back, goes to, like, Tokyo. <laughs> like the, Yeah, I recently, yeah, dude, he's all over. His Instagram story is wild because he's just traveling the world, but he, his base is Chicago. And, you know, for a cat like that to be designing clothes that the, the world digs is is amazing. I, I don't know what else to say about it. It's 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 next level. It's next level. Like I, I was talking to T and Moose before we hopped on. Just Don and Joe Fresh Goods, very very good at what they do. The streetwear shit, I love it. I rock it. I that's what I I'm, that's what I have on right now. But the fact that Virgil can do the streetwear shit and then he can parlay it and he's on fashion shows in Milan mm-hmm. and supermodels are wearing his shit too. It's next level. It's just different. So very impressed with him. I think all that shit's dope, and it's awesome that it's all Chicago-based, and they show love to Chicago. It's not a secret that, you know, he's from Chicago, and, and this is the base. You know what I mean? Hey, you think we can get uh, Virgil to design the cover art for, for, for feel level? I'll put out a feeler. Just uh, <laughs> at least do the quotation marks, you yeah. know? I'm not going to lie, like, if some of his stuff is hype, that may be the case, but I really like how these shoes look like. I don't usually hop on the hype train like that, but he it's like breaking down classic sneakers, the Air Max 90s, uh, you know, Air Max 1s, the Blazers, Forces, and it's like it almost looks like a blueprint for the shoe. Yeah. And it even goes as close as like the Hyperdunks, you know. And he, these were all revolutionary kicks. and I think the 10 that he put out are off the charts, off their fire. Yeah, you like, can't miss with these. Like guys. they're – they're very well done. It's a different take on a classic sneaker, which is what, like, all that stuff's all about. That's what streetwear is all about. That's what Just Don's doing. It's a different take on the college shorts. It's a different take on the Jordan 2s. It's a different take on the classic looks and feels. Now, this I have a question for you, actually, T. There was some pushback on Virgil doing the, the – so, like, yo – do the 90s, reconstruct those, redesign them, do whatever you want to them. I don't give a fuck. Do the same thing to the Prestos. I don't care. Don't Make whatever fire. Prest. That's my favorite pair. You yeah, got a pair, right? That's my f- No, no, I didn't. I'm over. 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 The, the, the Prestos are hard. I love the Blazers, too. Those, those are, are tough. Nice those are every day. You can rock those every single day. No problem. Um, but there was a lot of, I heard a lot of people talking about, like, the purest, purest about the Jordan 1. Like, yo, you can deconstruct the Presto. I don't care. Deconstruct the Air Max. I don't care. Deconstruct the Blazer. Who gives a fuck? But don't touch the Chicago 1. That is an iconic shoe that, if you really want to talk about it, started this whole shit. Don't deconstruct the the original. How do you feel about that? Man, uh... I got to say, get the fuck out of here, bro. You could still grab the Chicago ones. You could grab the bands. You could do whatever you want. This guy just took them and made them, like, crazy. He, They look very nice. Like, I want a pair of those. And I'm all about, you know, like, keeping things, you know, some classics. But the classics still exist, you know. And if people are going to give Virgil heat for that, I'd say come at Nike, man. Nike keeps re-releasing yeah, that no, sneaker. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, that's what it was. It was with at shit Nike. quality. No, that's what I mean. But, like, they keep re-releasing those original sneakers with worse and worse quality. Like, at least he's taking it and doing something new with it. And that's my whole thing. Like, I res- of course, I respect the classics, but if he's going to do something nice with it like he did, 
I got no problem with that. And so I, it's I think fly it's enough, you good. Yeah. I bet. You know, as as a reseller of <laughs> fantastic vintage goods at Vintage Hoops Vault on Instagram, you think in 10 years, 15 years, maybe in five, this is going to jump all the whole 10 series? I think so, man. They were limited limited quality. I don't really do the sneaker thing, and, and I don't even like the term reseller because what I do is kind of just take, like, and I even have some custom stuff coming out. It's just like bringing back 90s fashion as much as I could at, like, a normal price. Like, I'm not over here selling just Don's for 800 bucks. Like, it's just, right. you know, it's it's everything we grew up on. And yeah, for sure. I think, um, to answer your question, I mean, I've actually been, some of the, already, some of the 10s, They I think they retailed, a lot of them retailed for, like, between 150 and, like, 175, 200. I've already seen some of them pretty cheap out there like 350 yeah so it's still not like some of them are still up there like the ones are crazy like 1200 bucks or something but most of them a majority of them are still down on the i guess not cheap but when they were initially coming out it was like yo resale is gonna be crazy like da 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 whatever so but who knows man later on the next generation is like, yo, what are these? These are crazy. <laughs> then it might be it might be a different story, but we'll see. Talking about the RSVP, the AF100, kind of what that does for the community. Let's take it over to De- DePaul Hoops. T has been mentioned in this, wants to talk about it, has some thoughts about it. I have some thoughts about it as well. If you don't know, DePaul got a new stadium. They're no longer playing at Allstate. They're in the city which is huge for recruiting, students, a lot of different things. They just opened a new building. I haven't had a chance to get over there yet. I want to and will. But, T, how you feel about it? I know you feel like it's a, it's all good. It's a very positive thing for, for the program as a whole. Yeah, man. First of all, I want to say this is the field level. This is, you know, the cultural segment. And I don't want to – like, you cannot even separate the two. We're going to get into DePaul hoops a lot a lot more later and it's going to be a lot you know more in-depth focus on basketball but Chicago and basketball are one you know there's no you can't break those up that is the culture like so I just want to touch on it from a high level like where we came from you know I don't know if you guys know this but like late 70s 80s Chicago DePaul like that was basketball that was hoops though DePaul met Mark Aguirre I was just going to say that yeah those guys, like, the Big East was crazy. And for, for this to happen, I think it's a big step because, I mean, it's no question, Chicago has the best basketball players in the world, man. We brought you Anthony Davis, Jabari Parker, Derrick Rose, Tony Allen. I mean, the list is Go back OD, to Hardaway, uh, KG, Ronnie, all I these mean, guys, yeah. man. And to see, like, DePaul taking a step in the right direction and try to keep some of this talent here, that's big, man, because – Chicago is basketball. Like, th- there's no separating the two. Chicago is the producer of basketball. We we bring it. Like, it was New York, you know, like Rucker, those guys in the 50s, 60s, 70s. And New York still creates crazy players. But, like, the, the vibe, I'm just feel like I'm a DePaul grad, and I'm not even, like, you know, like one of those crazy, you know, like fanatics. But it's, like, the vibe that I'm feeling is, like, DePaul is about to put the city on the map again because it's not going to be Loyola, UIC, any of these cities. There's no school in the city who's going to do this other than DePaul. And this arena is a step in the in the right direction, I think, man. There was 
a lot of talk about them getting big re- recruits in the past and stuff. They didn't land them. Um, I think that's going to change, man. The future's the future's looking good for Chicago hoops. And like I said, this this is the field. We're talking about the culture, and you can't separate those two. But you know, you're going to want to tune in in the future because uh, me, Sean, Moose, we're we're going to be at some of these games. We're going to get really in, in depth on the hoops uh, in the city, both yeah. high school and DePaul. You know, for the for the more non-casual basketball fans like me. Where's this where's the stadium at? Uh it's actually right by the McCormick place, man. It's so it's in the heart of the city. That's that's what threw recruits off, man. Like, am I gonna get on a bus and go to Rosemont to play at Allstate Arena? It's a it's a whack stadium, man. I don't know if you guys have been there. It's small, it's old and Allstate's trash, bro. <laughs> yeah, they if a show's coming there, I'm not going. I don't care who's playing there. If I have free tickets to Kanye, maybe I'm thinking yeah. about it's the not. Show was tight. It's not even a hundred percent. I'm going. I'm Actually, not. I heard their their audio quality is crazy. No one likes going to concerts there either. So. Yeah, like nah, bro. I'm not going out there for nothing. So yeah, it's a huge step in the right direction. I mean, if you're a recruit, because the the selling point has to be DePaul's in Chicago. We're rich in history. Chicago, Chicago, major city, big history, and the kids like. So where do we play? And it's like, yeah, let's hop on this bus and drive 30 minutes, and then we'll show you. It's like, what? I'm not fucking coming here. If I have big-time offers from any other program, Marquette, like, it's a no-brainer, bro. I'm going to Marquette. Like, there's no doubt. And we should be winning those. Chicago should be winning those recruits. Right. Like, we shouldn't be losing recruits to Marquette. It got embarrassing, man, to watch. We had the – I mean – this is undisputed. We, we've had the best high school hoops over the past decade, and we didn't really land any of those guys. I mean, there was crazy rumors about Anthony Davis and Wayne Blackshear coming to DePaul. None of those ever, you know, came true. But yeah. I think the future's going to be a lot different, man. No disrespect to Milwaukee at all. But that's <laughs> Milwaukee. That's Wisconsin. Right. Why are they getting Jimmy Butler, Dwayne Wade? Right. Like this, it shouldn't even be a discussion. Like that's that. I think that's what T is kind of kind of keying in on. I think this is the thing for me. Like I don't mind when we miss on big tier guys, like cats that are going nah, to Duke. They're going to go to Kentucky, Duke. You right. Know, like okay. Like that's fine. No. Yeah. Lose the recruits to Duke, but like we're losing people to Nebraska and shit like that. Like that's when it's like, yo, dog. Like this needs to change. And I think to get in the stadium is a huge step in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for, I mean Anthony Davis, he went to Kentucky, that makes sense. But I'm talking about, you know, Simeon, Whitney Young. These guys are, are pumping out D1 guys every year. And, you know, we, we can barely get any to stay here. A couple went down to Illinois. Not but, even looks, though. Right, yeah. Not, they're not, that's, they're, like, DePaul's not even a look. Like, they're not even thinking about it. So, hopefully that, uh, that changes. Shout out to Wilson Chandler, man. He still reps. Chicago. He's not even from here. I don't know if you guys know this. He's from Michigan. Went to DePaul. Rep Chicago really hard. Diehard Bears fan. Bulls fan. Q Rich. Quentin Richardson. Man, that was the last. Those are the last two yeah. really big names who went there. Man. Yeah. Q Dog. He was nice, bro. Man, that's a long time ago, though. That's the thing. Like, think about that. Think about how long ago Quentin Richardson was at DePaul, and that was like the last. Like he had. By the way, he has the nastiest shoe collection I've seen. He was. He was signed to Jordan at the time, so his PEs when he was on the Knicks, they're out of this world, man. If you if you could catch them, they're they're nuts. Really? Yeah. <laughs> He's got some of the nastiest kicks, and like they're they're impossible to grab. I love it. 
I love it. You can't even you can't get Q Richardson kicks. They're tough. They're that's a tough get. And they were all PEs. If you're grabbing them, you're grabbing them off eBay and you're paying the shit. It's like grabbing the Mike Bibby's, man. Mike Bibby had some of the hardest PEs when he was on Sacramento, and it's crazy. Yeah, dude, talk to me a little bit about Vintage Hoop Vault and and how that started. And obviously, I'm not gonna ask you where you get your stuff because that's a foul. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, man, talk to me how about about how that came along and. What you think? Yeah, I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit with just the '90s culture and trying yeah, to bring man, that back man, for just, for a decent price. Right. I'm just an overall '90s head, man. Like music, every that's when I grew up, and that's like, I don't know. For some reason, it's near and dear to me. Like I hold it. I know Sean's a couple years old. He grew up in the '90s too, though, man. And like, what do you remember other than champion jerseys, starter jackets? Like that was everything. So like, to me, it's like, it's crazy. Like I. When I see those, it's just like it brings back good memories, and it's crazy to see actually Champion coming back right now. Like in the past two years, they've blown up. You know, Champion, Fila, Tommy Hilfiger. Uh, I just like seeing it. I don't know. It brings back that '90s buzz again. Like the quality, man. The quality is crazy. You see, I've seen at least four jerseys ripped this year in the NBA. Those yeah. old Champion jerseys, like the authentic ones, that shit is like Teflon. Like it's not. <laughs> It's not ripping. Right, Nothing right. is happening to those, man. Uh, hats, too, man. The hats were crazy back then. Like I said, the starter jackets, the windbreakers. Those, To me, that was the dopest era of, of fashion. Like I'm not one of those guys that say, oh, the 90s was the best era of basketball. I think right now what people are doing is crazy. But like as far as jerseys go, like the Atlanta Hawks jerseys from the 90s, the Kings jerseys. Grizz. Nuggets. All that, dude. Man, yeah. they were crazy. and that, That's my favorite era, man. As far as fashion in the NBA goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a lot of love for the 90s as well. I mean, there's a lot of good music. It's a lot of different. I mean, obviously, we're going to have a soft spot. That's where we grew yeah. up. Just like the next generation is going to be like, yo, man, Lil Yachty, Lil Yachty, <laughs> Lil Yachty <laughs> in the 2010s was so crazy. He was just asking me. He's like, bro, this thro- <laughs> this new throwback station in Chicago. 104.3. 104.3. Shout it out. Yo, no commercials, bro. Yeah. He's like, in 20 years, are they going to be playing Yachty? Like, are yes. they going to be playing these? Up next, do what I want, by Lil Uzi Vert. Pickaboo, pickaboo, pickaboo. Yeah, like, real shit. Like, yeah, which is crazy. So, I know, Moose, you wanted to talk about, talk to me about Native Tongue. Yeah. Talk about real shit. Stuff, man. I, it's really cool that Moose does this. I, yeah, this is super dope. It, I thought it was really nice. Talk to me about Native Tongue, what it is, what you want it to become, mm-hmm. all that. So, there's that. I don't know if it's a Bible verse or whatever. I'm not I'm not religious myself, but there's a whole analogy of you know you teach someone, you give someone a fish, they eat for a day. You teach someone how to how to fish, they eat for a lifetime, right? Yeah, yeah. We kind of wanted to touch on the same principles. We we see a lot of food media nowadays, you know, on Instagram, like you know, foodie culture is its own thing. We wanted to, we knew that there was a a problem, you know. In areas like Englewood, Austin, all these underserved neighborhoods, we want we knew that people weren't getting the fresh, healthy, you know, organic has a bad connotative quality to it, but you know, organic foods, non harmful foods. You know, the fast food industry preys on these on these like areas. Um Yeah, keep it one hundred. That's exactly what it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the 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 poor folks. Exactly. The poor folks hundred percent. Like even if you gave Someone from that area, broccoli, cauliflower, carrots, they wouldn't know what to do with it. So we, we wanted to do 
was kind of you know shift that paradigm teach them hey you can make a veggie burger if you ground all this stuff up and it takes a little bit of time but ultimately it's healthy it's education at the end of the day bro it's education you know when we use like we use cheap available affordable foods that are within the area like you know things you can get at aldi supermercados even the back of a, a pickup truck and it's just you know it just made sense because like there's a lot of programs right now and all respect to those programs that teach people or that give food out that do after school programs teach people how to cook we want to we want something that reached more than we we want something that would reach the kids we want something that would reach the parents we want something that would reach the whole family unit and ultimately you know give a chance for people to eat healthy and also give them a chance to be foodies because you know you don't want to, you don't want to eat whack ass carrots you can make barbecue carrots in this case <laughs> right, right, fire, right 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 so we wanted to bring this gourmet quality to um Everyday people, bro. The regular folks. Everyday people. The pe- exactly. They might not be as fortunate as everybody else, but yo, that's the majority of the public, dog. Not even like, fortunate, man. They don't have grocery stores. Right. Exactly. First of all, In shout out air. to Aldi. If you know me, you know I'm shouting out. Oh, Aldi, this dude's been balling at Aldi Park <laughs> since he was a young guy. Uh, <laughs> talk about the Whole Foods, man. Because like I said, there was no. Yeah. They didn't have grocery stores. You know, they don't like. It's not just. Yeah, and that's and actually really a good point. It. It's about, you know, the yeah. reach. So talk about that so, Whole Foods so that some, just opened up, man. Some background is that Whole, Whole Foods opened up a store maybe a year and a half ago in Englewood. And a lot of people started freaking out about it, right? Because if you see a Whole Foods in the area, what does that mean? Gentrification. The white people are coming. Yep. <laughs> bingo. That's yeah. a bingo. Yeah. I'm about to get kicked out of my house. My rent's about to skyrocket. And, yeah, this is a be- this is terrible. Exactly. White 100. moving in my apartment. <laughs> 100. But the thing about this Whole Foods, they do price discrimination. And I mean that in the most positive way. They tailor their prices down. They reflect, they reflect the income in the neighborhood. They have the, the cheapest eggs, the cheapest milk, cheapest basics within the area. That's awesome. And coming from a admittedly evil corporations such as Whole Foods who's owned by Amazon now shout out to Amazon yeah shout out Bezos really though 100 billion (laughs) we're not shouting out Amazon (laughs) (laughs) Amazon is taking my job Sean's job is taking all of our jobs in the next few years we're not shouting out Amazon (laughs) All right, no shouts to Amazon but but this Englewood's Whole Food is almost a beacon for that neighborhood like not a lot of people have been to Englewood not a lot of people go out to these neighborhoods but I went down there and it was like they're supporting local businesses. They're supporting the health of people in the area. And that's the message that even though you're an evil corporation and this might be a PR move, I'm down with it. Yeah, and what was the number you said about the crime rate? What was it? You told me about the crime rate that crime rate went down, went after, down they the after they opened up the Whole Foods. I can't remember exactly what you told me, but the 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 basis of it is that once the Whole Foods opened up, the crime rate dropped significantly in the area. Mm-hmm. They had somewhere to go get groceries, go do everyday stuff that people on the north side of Chicago have the opportunity to do, and I think it's just understated stuff. I mean, when you talk about a community, when you talk about life in general, man, education and health, you know, that's like that's life, man. And that's why I really fuck with Native Tongue because it kind of brings those two together. And I don't know, talk about that event you guys had in Inglewood. What was that again? 
Uh, we we passed out magazines in Englewood, but we try to invite a lot of people to our other event. It was it was in the loop. It was at Merch Mart, but we kind of had a roundabout way of teaching people. This is how you get groceries. This is how you budget. This is how you cook them. This is how you store. And just generally making food more accessible, economical, and ultimately viable for you know those we're trying to serve. It's everyday shit that's not everyday shit for people. That's what people don't realize. Like, talk about being fortunate is not always about it's just like, dude, simple stuff that we appreciate and and deal with and take advantage of every day that a lot of people don't have the opportunity to do. So native tongue is dope in the sense that it's local, it's a it's a nonprofit, it's a mission to educate i think a lot of these problems all get solved with education period i'd say all of them man yeah like all, like all that's it's a food native tongue is a food thing but it's more so an education thing and that's what with hip-hop right yeah, yeah they got, <laughs> it all ties back man but that's what i really liked about it was that you know it had that educational approach because you could like moose said you could drop food off there you could do whatever you want but once you start teaching people you know education is the pillar of life man it's not trying to get crazy deep, but that's the truth of it. And that, that's the problem with Chicago. That's, you know, that's the issues we've had. And that's why I like Native Tongue and what they're doing. Um, really dope. Look out for them, man. Yeah, look out for Native Tongue. Look out for Vintage Hoops Vault. That's T. T shit. Native Tongue is Mooses. Quick plug. No Quick catch plug, up thanks. Chicago is me. <laughs> but. Shout out to No Catch Up Chicago, man. <laughs> On everything. Chicago, Shout out No Catch Up. like. This is raw, bro. This is this uncut. Is this is Chicago folks talking Chicago shit. Just the beginning, shit. man. I'm telling you, this is like, this is, no no ketchup Chicago is is everything about Chicago, man. That's what it is. Chicago-based, Chicago, for Chicago, by Chicago. I mean that when I say that. This is the first episode of Field Level, man. We're going to come weekly, talk about what's going on in the city, talk about the culture, talk about the music, talk about the food, talk about the drink, talk about the girls, talk about the boys, whatever. We're talking everything in the city, man. Make sure you tune in, subscribe on YouTube, check us out on iTunes, Google Play for my Android people, all that. This is field level. No catch up Chicago. For T and Moose, I'm Sean Little. Listen up.